Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. Having the attitude of an alpha dude means that you will have an outlook of life as nothing but possibilities. You are no longer the door waiting to be unlocked by life. You are the key that unlocks the doors you want. With this extra power, you can choose how you want to live. If you have lived all your days giving of yourself, perhaps it's time to start looking out for yourself alone for a while. When you truly look after yourself with self-respect, your command of respect from others is not just to make yourself feel better, although you will feel great, but it will give you the power to add impact to every area of your life. Then, when you Use this to give back to others in any form you choose. The rewards are awesome. Giving back is personal. Some people work at volunteer organizations while other people perform their jobs better to service other people. Whatever you choose, make it count in what you feel is right and just do it. When I think about the best moments in my life, I find that the successes and special memories have a special place amongst the ways I have helped people and made a difference. This is also a large part about what I've heard elderly relate to as they look back on their lives. The real difference that made the difference was the difference that they made in other people's lives through various acts of altruism, kindness, or service. So, back to the psychology. We must always remember, never try to pump yourself up. It doesn't work. If you try to psych yourself up, you are often adjusting yourself to match the situation. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, means that you have a situation that appears to be forced on you. This faulty perspective needs to be reviewed and seen from another light that This is my universe. I have decided I want outcome X, perhaps to win the cookie eating competition. This is my outcome. To make it happen, I need to do activity Y, to eat a dozen cookies every hour, for example. By making Y happen, X will come about. This plain fact and simple tasks take your attention off wasting features like nerves. These You were trying to kill with affirmations, yet with the task on mind, your focus has changed and the nerves you feel or the adrenaline is simply the fight or flight response. Focusing on what you want and the work you need to do will likely push you towards the desired state rather than your current state due to cognitive dissonance. This works naturally and will guide you towards success, provided You don't attach negatives to the sensations like labeling them nerves and try to get ahead by killing them. Accepting the simple fact that the task is necessary for the outcome, use the four A's to make it happen, then go out and do it. Consider this. If you wait around to make excuses in the real world, then 
you may not have the luxury to give those excuses to yourself or others if it all goes wrong. You might be looking at a fatal beatdown, a marriage breakdown, or worse. The point is this. Don't worry about making excuses. Just take responsibility and make it happen. Be the cause, not the effect. So you make the action. Do not hide behind excuses. You might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute. Earlier on, we talked about the fact that there were exercises to get into a better state. Now I'm told not to pump myself up. What's the difference? The difference is clear. And they are number one. State exercises are focused, purposeful exercises which are designed to allow someone to access emotional states either as a baseline or to help deal with the situation. This is usually done long beforehand, but may be done occasionally immediately prior to an event. And number two, pumping yourself up on the other hand entails communicating with yourself that you are not enough and you need to be more. Effectively, the difference is that one loses control when they're trying to pump themselves up and one actually regains control when they access their states. Always remember, guard your attitude. Along with the roadblocks that you come across in becoming the man you need to be, you will no doubt come to a point where it seems despite all the diligence you pay to displaying a quality attitude, things happen and you find yourself in a slum. Sure, the exercises we talked about can get you out of this, although it is important to realize why this feeling comes along in the first place. Then dealing with it, you can move forward again. Throughout the years of conditioning, experiences, and current social circumstances that we live in, to change is not natural. A dog seldom becomes shy and timid upon deciding that being crazy and out there might be seen as manic behavior. Similarly, you are unlikely to change who you are, and that's fine because this is not about an identity change. It is about creating a more powerful you. This is an important point to remember because the doubts people feel after trying the alpha dude on for a week or two come from a position of trying to protect your identity. Coupled with the fact that the loss of comfort in being your old self to both you and the people you know means that more pain will attach itself to your new way of life rather than your comfortable old self. On the topic of you, what is your identity? This is essential because this question directs your life. Many of us have a rough idea of who we are and what we are about. However, when push comes to shove, it is the emotions or feelings that often rule the day. This is sad because this is what makes a suppressed person a failure, rather than strengthening them to be even better through adversity. It is better to have an idea of who you are than operate from this standpoint. That way, even if the worst thing happens to you, or if you become depressed, then you are not depressed. You are your identity. Perhaps you have the identity of being a man 
who loves and helps others through any season, enters the life-altering situation which causes depressed feelings, and there you are, the man who loves and helps others regardless of the seasons with a depressed emotional state. How you deal with this emotional state will be completely different compared to the other person whose identity is tied in simply to their emotions. Do not put the cart before the horse. Do not put emotions in front of who you are. Just by taking this attitude, you will not be immune to hardships or negative emotions, but you can be certain that you will be at your best to deal with them and move forward by being proactive in the department from the start. So just a few things to meditate on. Number one, your thoughts create your reality. And this allows you to master your universe. Knowing this, you can have adaptive distancing from others and situation. This clean slate allows you to move forward in the most powerful manner. Number two, creating your life consciously rather than passively puts you in the driver's seat and allows for more freedom using a drive greater than yourself and obtaining resourceful states as you need them will see you far at being successful. And then finally, if you're not making the moves you want to, consider trying the hour per day exercise. A quick caveat. Whenever I talk about your universe, Obviously, I'm talking about your inner world, your frame, your mindset. With the social hypnosis, we too often bind to other people's frame. By saying, welcome to my universe, what we're really saying is that we are the cause, not the effect. That we are in control of ourselves. And from our little ecosystem, which is us, our brains and our minds, that's the universe. Of course, if you take it to the next level and take complete ownership for everything that happens around you, obviously at a literal level, you are not responsible for the universe and you are far from creating the guidelines for it. But if you go in with complete ownership and responsibility for everything that happens in this world, you will go far. Psychologically, examining the individual, we find that we are heavily influenced by our emotions, no matter how rational we think we are. This is not a bad thing. Once we recognize this, we can use the emotional pathways to help us make the changes we desire. Imagine if you started to actually like something you are repulsed by. Maybe you would eat more vegetables or whatever. Flip side, imagine if you hated something you presently like and could give away smoking without effort. Richard Scott returns to examine a remarkable process from NLP which can help you to achieve this and more. Should you like what you like, or should you dislike it? Okay, we're talking about likes and dislikes. Likes, something you enjoy doing. Dislikes, something you move away from. What we're really talking about on a deeper level is taking a compulsion, something you feel compelled to do, and turning it into a repulsion, a dislike, something you 
run away from or want to turn away from. Most commonly, this method of taking a compulsion and turning it into a repulsion, it works well with the likes of smoking cessation and weight loss, where the client would approach me with a smoking addiction or a food craving and just want to get rid of it. They've tried everything to stop this compulsion, this like, and nothing's worked so far. So turning a like into a dislike, it can also be framed to achieve motivation and goals as well. The like in this example might signify a certain way of thinking or doing something which is not achieving that outcome that you really want. So a dislike or a fear that can be installed or focused upon in order to achieve more motivation or more movement towards an altered way of behaving or doing things. If I wanted to help somebody change, I'd always start with a full discovery of the case history, a fact-finding mission to find out whether the compulsion started at an early age in the form of a distraction from emotional baggage or trauma. When we experience something traumatic, our minds will try to shield us from this, usually by using avoidance of the initial fear or the trigger. Sometimes the mind seeks to soothe that trauma, that fear, by distraction. For example, providing a feel-good experience to replace the bad feelings. So in one case, the sufferer may have been abused, bullied, treated badly when younger. Perhaps the bully in this specific case, um, maybe the victim was young and being bullied for being too slim and pretty. Young girls are often bullied for being slim and pretty. So the victim in this case might choose to overeat in an attempt to hide behind almost like a fat suit, piling on the pounds so they're not bullied. And maybe at the next level, they want to feel good. So they instantly remember that oh, when I feel bad, grandma's apple pie makes me feel good. So the mind of this sufferer uses apple pie to feel good, which then piles on the pounds to hide behind the fat suit so that they're not bullied anymore. Or let's look at a smoker who starts smoking because of peer pressure at school. His parents smoke, perhaps, so he's familiar with the behaviour, he sees nothing negative associated it. He begins to basically model his parents. And gradually the habit builds. 20 a day, 40 a day, health deteriorates, breathing suffers, fitness drops dramatically. From all the information available to him, he knows that smoking is now a bad thing. But his emotional need, as that young child, to fit in with peers and family and the pressure, it's now become enhanced with a chemical addiction to all the poisons in the cigarettes. So what do we do? We discover the root causes. In each and every case, we discover those causes. And we give the sufferer the tools to begin to release the attachments to the root causes. Once the baggage of your past begins to release, and that underlying stress energy diffuses, we can introduce some NLP techniques to pattern break, to switch or swish the compulsion or the like towards a repulsion or a fear in this case to motivate a change in behavior we discover a repulsion in the case of weight loss particularly uh, the sufferer in the example that i'm going to state hated the taste and the texture of seafood particularly oysters mussels 
slimy texture, slippery mucus, the jelly-like feel, the fishy, salty smell, all of those negatives. So what I did with this person, I got them to imagine a typical day, had the sufferer close their eyes down to engage their imagination, and introduce them to a quick relaxation technique to physically calm them down. To then engage their imagination, we started to proceed through a standard day until we approached the triggers for this compulsion, this like. And in this case, it was apple pie. And it was always stored, ready to eat, right there in the fridge. So the sufferer takes out the apple pie, looks at it, and at this point, I have the story pause. I stop the flow of events. I stop the playback of this mental movie. And I direct the client's attention towards the clams, the oysters. We swish the idea instantly into the front of the mind of clams, mussels, seafood, oysters, the mucus, the jelly-like feel, the sloppy textures. Right in the front of the mind. And I begin to describe this in specific detail. All the textures, looks, smells, sensations of this seafood. And this instantly provides two results. First and foremost, it's a pattern break. This is a definite stop placed into the flow of automatic behaviour. Just at the point where the sufferer looked at the apple pie right before they chose to take a bite. This pattern break, it stops that automatic bite happening. The mindless compulsion to dive into the pie. Secondly, it introduces immediately the repulsion. And it engages heightened awareness of exactly what's going on at that time, at the critical point, to almost snap the sufferer back into reality and out of the dreamy automatic food binge state. So the sufferer is now holding the apple pie, but in their mind, it's filled with the taste, smells, textures, the bad feelings from the seafood. The momentum is broken. The pie is put back down. And we repeat this a few times just to become familiar with the process. The sufferer is instructed to practice this mindset technique each day for a week or two. And to date, it's been perfectly successful in every case. The smokers that I mentioned, similar techniques to install these dislikes, these repulsions, sometimes in the form of bad smells, tastes, textures as before. This can even extend to creating and using fears to motivate the sufferer to change. Fear of death, fear of disease, fear of lack of money, fear of health problems. Perhaps even holding on to these emotions, using them to connect to previous family members or friends that may have suffered from smoking-related diseases. Sometimes using these alternative solutions instead of repulsions Choosing consciously to drink that full glass of water first, choosing to eat that piece of fruit first, or choosing to perform some kind of fitness task instead of taking that first smoke. In my clinical history, using a like, a motivation to achieve a goal, it's often been more beneficial when used in a business or a sporting arena where goals and achievements are absolute measures of success. Whereas using dislikes and fears and shock tactics, they've been more successful in cases of addictions and weight loss. Here's a quick example. 
And you'll have to excuse me if some of the things I say might slightly offend you or anger you or are not politically correct. They're meant not to be. It's my job to motivate by using strengths and weaknesses, fears, likes and shock tactics. So I want you to think about something that you do now that's sabotaging your progress. You might eat too much, you might not train as much as you want to, you might be avoiding an issue or a task, you might be procrastinating. Whatever it is, something you're just not doing right now, but you know you should be doing more of it. Have a think about that. There are two paths. You can carry on doing what you've always done, achieving what you've always got, or you can choose to do something different, ultimately stepping up those results. If it's safe to do so right now, and you're not operating machinery or driving at this moment, I want you to close your eyes down. Just quickly now close your eyes down. If you are driving or operating machinery, you can try this technique later. But for those who are safe to do so, close your eyes down. And I want you to imagine your future. And I want you to progress 10 years from now. So right at the moment, it would be the year 2029. And a whole heap may have happened to this planet in that time. But your life seems to be full of the same old stuff, the same old results. You've not been to that gym. Perhaps you're even unhealthier. You've not progressed in that business or career. You've not gotten into that new personal relationship or built up that existing one that could have made you feel so good. You've avoided these tasks for 10 years, a decade. You've now got 10 fewer years to live. I want you to imagine taking a good look around your life now. What does your life look like? It looks like this because you've become comfortable in remaining stagnant. You've preferred your like of not doing anything. So you now have less money, less success, no clear direction, no relationship. Your health is seriously in decline. Your waistline's perhaps skyrocketing. You have little to no friends, perhaps... You even have some more addictions. We could also introduce the good old depression and anxiety. What a life. So I want you to open your eyes, look around, close them back down and clear that thought away and let's now imagine a different future. A new future, one in which you've chosen to try something different. To temporarily step out of comfort. You've taken the bull by the horns, tackled this challenge head on, you've stepped into temporary discomfort and you've decided to do things differently you've created alternative behaviors and reactions to any current challenges and you're learning from every different result you get whether good or bad you're noticing what's taking you closer to that success you're also noticing what's not bringing the changes so now step out 10 years into this new future once again 2029 a decade of adapting, changing, switching things up, adjusting, perfecting, doing, not stagnating. Those things that you were avoiding, you've tackled them all. You've pushed past them all. You're soaring away into success, whatever that means to you. Continually achieving more results. Whether it's health, wealth, relationships, adventures, education, publicity, community, connection. 
you're a winner. And I want you to create this picture of what success looks like to you. Whatever that might mean to you. I want you to fill in all the details if you can. I want you to enhance all the feelings associated with success. The sights, the sounds, the smells, the tastes, the sensations. Every feeling you have strengthened by this success, this pride, this confidence. And let all those feelings run around you and strengthen because now you can open those eyes once again. And if this is the first time you've tried an exercise like this, it might take a few times to really get involved with the sights and the sounds and the sensations and the feelings. But once you've started creating this image, this feeling of success, and then you associate it with doing things differently, stepping into some of those fears, battling them head on and adjusting and adapting, stepping into change, You've then taken your first step towards that future. So well done. Now take another step. And tomorrow take another step. Whatever you can do in every single day, in every single moment, take that step to create a new future in the direction that you want. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com. If you liked the podcast so far, you will love Michael Pulser's new book coming out soon, Alpha Dude Personal Upgrade. In this text, we look deeper at the Alpha Dude system with many not-seen-before tools and techniques which will upgrade you so you can fulfill your potential. Stay tuned for details.